There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, friends. I uh, got to tell you about uh, everybody over at Aqueduct Plumbing Company, Billy and his sister Mary. They rule. We love them. All your plumbing needs, they'll take care of them for you over at Aqueduct, 281-488-6238. 281-488-6238. AqueductPlumbingCompany.com. They are the most badass. We love them. Now, so I saw this today, and I don't read Rolling Stone or anything. I don't even know that there's a hard copy of Rolling Stone anymore. I don't think there is. So I guess that you can't get your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. I guess only digitally. Or is there a hard copy? Now I have to Google it. Is there still a hard copy of the Rolling Stone? Talk amongst yourself. Is there a hard copy of Rolling Stone? Rolling Stone is roll. Okay, is it still in print? In addition, let's see, Rolling Stone, in addition to its print version in the United States, it publishes content through RollingStone.com. So maybe there still is a print version of Rolling Stone. Either way, Rolling Stone, at least in a website form, if not a hard copy form, is still a thing. RollingStone.com. And the people that would write for Rolling Stone would be very pretentious, douchebags, probably super-duper liberal, uh, waste-of-time people who are really just whatever. Here's how I know this, though. This is what makes... Well, there's two things. The other day I was reading a list of the funniest movies of the last 20 years, and they had, like, some of the funniest movies are ones I've never heard of, and you can tell they're just pretentious pieces of shit. So there was that. But this this one is spectacular. This is a real peach. Now, before I get to this, let's let's go with this angle first. Let's start here. We've talked about how celebrities in the post-Trump era. There's pre-Trump, there's post-Trump. Pre-Trump, we didn't really know what most of these people thought politically. We didn't care what they thought politically, whether they're left-wing, right-wing, whatever. I didn't know that James Woods was a wacko right-wing guy, and I didn't know that, that uh, I don't know, uh, Chrissy Teigen was a total batshit crazy liberal. I didn't know any of this shit. None of us really did because we didn't care. No one cared. Then Trump happened, and Trump is that kind of line of demarcation where everybody went fucking insane, and everybody started telling you what they think politically, and everyone said they don't care what you think about their politics. They're going to tell you anyway, and if you disagree with them, you're a piece of shit, racist, asshole, or whatever. That's what we got. That's what the world became post-Trump. There's pre-Trump. That's PT. There's there's after-Trump AT. That's the way this shit works, right? We did not care. For for example, like it wasn't that long ago. It was 11 years ago that I met Chrissy Teigen. By the way, it's her birthday tomorrow. Chrissy Teigen, I met her 11 years ago at the Super Bowl in Dallas. We were doing Radio Row. I think it was the last day we were there. We were about to pack up and roll out. And she was walking around. She might have been with Brooklyn Decker or somebody like that. And they were doing the rounds. And I saw her and asked if I could take a picture. Why not? She's a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. I was looking pretty good. I was in decent shape back then. If you see the picture, you'd go, damn, that that kid was thin. It's like in the 260s, 270s, looking sharp, wearing pearl snap, button-up shirts and jeans and dress shoes and and putting some pomade in my hair. I look good. I think she would have fucked me. But anyway, none of that matters. 
So you look at Chrissy Teigen in that era, she was kind of likable and she was fun and she seemed like she'd be kind of frisky. She was a bitch to people on social media. She was kind of a bully. She like she was totally different than she is now, but like she was kind of likable. You go, she's kind of one of those cool broads that you'd want to hang out with, you know, like she's just a cool chick and you liked her. I had nothing against her. Fast forward to the post-Trump world of 2016 on, and she's an absolute lunatic on social media. She wants to fight and kill basically everybody who doesn't agree with her politically. She's clearly batshit crazy, and she's completely unlikable, and she's married to a guy who makes stupid, boring music, but my guess is he probably hates her. Now, that's Chrissy Teigen. That is the pre-Trump Chrissy Teigen and the after-Trump Chrissy Teigen. That's the way this works. I never knew that Richard Marks was a fucking lunatic. I had no clue that he was a political nut job. But now he's going back and forth on social media with Lenny Dykstra every day. Like, imagine, and I love Lenny. You know I love Lenny. Lenny's our guy. I'd do anything for him. Every time they ask me to do a video for him for his birthday, I do a video for him for his birthday. If he needs anything, I will be. He needs someone to dig around the garbage can at the New Jersey Mike's and help him find his teeth. My ass would be fucking like neck deep in that trash looking for my man's teeth. I love Lenny. But if you compare lives, you've got one side of it is songwriter that's got millions of dollars banked, married to Daisy Fuentes, hot as shit, good-looking guy still, probably lives in a mansion, life is good. And on the other hand, we have Lenny. And Lenny's life, I mean, no offense, but, like, you look, one guy fucks Daisy Fuentes and can probably fuck all the hot milfs he wants because of endless summer nights and right here waiting. And the other guy fucks Philly Sevens, who are real-world twos. Bless his heart, I love Lenny, but that's just reality of it. I love him. I adore him, but that's reality. Like, why is, uh, why is uh, I don't uh, why is uh, Richard Marks on social media fighting with Lenny Dykstra about politics? Because people have gone fucking psycho. That's what the world is now. People are fucking nuts, and politics has done this. That's the world that's been created in the after-Trump universe. The after-Trump universe has taken everyone and forced them to choose a side, and if you're not on that side, they will tell you how big of a piece of shit they are, and you, get re- you kind of reveal how maniacal all these people are, right? That's what we start to deal with. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, why do I bring this up? Well, back to Rolling Stone. So, Rolling Stone has a list of the 50 worst decisions in music history. Right? To give you an example of some of them. Ja Rule invests in Fire Festival. Obviously not a good move on his part. That was a disaster. U2 basically forces Apple users to receive their Songs of Innocence album for free. Okay, that's not a great move. Billy Squire's career bombs after the Rock Me Tonight video. Now, maybe his career would have ended anyway, but his career bombs out after the Rock Me Tonight video. Those type of things. Well, I'm looking at the top five here, and just to show you how mentally fucked up we are as a people in the post-Trump universe of, you know, of, of transitioning 
and uh, and and racial shit and gun shit and violence and COVID. All of these places we are. This there are two spots, number two and number four in this list, that will show you the fact that the fact that these two things are even close to each other on a list, and that one of them isn't number one, is mind blowing. 2022. This will put 2022. It will encapsulate it so well. So first, I'll give you number one on this list. Number one of the worst decisions in music history, according to Rolling Stone. The Rolling Stones hire Motorcycle Club Hells Angels to do security at their Altamont concert. It resulted in the death of a fan who was stabbed by a member. Okay, not a great situation. Bad decision to have the Hells Angels. Fine. When you hear number two, you'll go, how the fuck is that not above number one? And how? And then you'll hear number four and you'll go, how is number four, or any of these for that matter, in the same stratosphere as number two, which should be number one? Number two of the 50 worst decisions in music history, according to Rolling Stone, Jerry Lee Lewis marries his 13-year-old cousin. Now think about that for a second. A dude who's the biggest rock star in the world at the time, bigger than Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis is gigantic. Jerry Lee Lewis, an adult man, marries and presumably fucks his 13-year-old cousin. And somehow, in the mind of Rolling Stone, that is not worse than some Hells Angels guy stabbing somebody at a Rolling Stone's gun. Somehow, a rock star being a pedophile and fucking his 13-year-old cousin. Not worse. Okay, fine. Now, where am I going with this? Well, number three, Decca Records passes on signing the Beatles. Okay, that's a bad decision. But this is the one where you'll go, holy shit, how are these things even on the same planet? And it's so 2022, it hurts. It's so 2022. So remember, number two on this list of the 50 worst decisions in music history, according to Rolling Stone, is an adult man marrying and fucking his 13-year-old cousin. That is number two on their list. Okay. What is number uh, What is number four? Number four is Eric Clapton goes all in on COVID vaccine conspiracies in 2020. That's right. Somehow in the minds of Rolling Stone magazine, ranking the 50 worst decisions in music history, Rolling Stone has determined that a guy saying that he has issue with the COVID vaccine, in particular a guy who had a major issue with it physically and it it resulted in bad things for him in his body. He had a bad reaction to it, so of course he's going to be pissed off about it. That Eric Clapton saying fuck you to vaccines and writing some songs about vaccines for COVID is somehow in the same top five as a rock star fucking his 13-year-old cousin. That's where we are as a people in 2022. 2022, a world where somehow Eric Clapton's not quite as bad as Jerry Lee Lewis fucking his 13-year-old cousin, but they're in the same neighborhood. And they're right there. They're right next to each other. Again, Eric Clapton had a major poor reaction to the vaccine, and that's why he was pissed off. Remember, he took the vaccine, but he had a bad reaction to it and said, fuck this, I'm not doing this, and that's when he started questioning shit. Oh, my God, God forbid he questions the the, the big brother, and he doesn't. It. That's awful. That's number four. That's, the, that's number four. Out of all the bad musical decisions that have been made by people, Eric Clapton in the top five being a COVID vaccine conspiracy theorist, and he's only two notches below a guy who, once again, fucked his 13-year-old cousin and married her. 
Well, Josh, at least he married her. I mean, he made her an honest child woman, right? Like, that's where we are. That's how insane this shit is. So you go back to the pre-Trump world and the post-Trump world. Pre-Trump world, we wouldn't know any of this shit about anybody. We wouldn't care. I don't remember caring about what anybody's politics were in 2015. Like, I don't give a shit. You know, I didn't give a shit if you were religious, if you were anti-religious, if you were liberal, because everything didn't care. Now, in the post-Trump world, it's like that's people's identity. It was never the identity. Now, if you were like a TV news person or like a Fox News or CNN, that was your identity, right? Like, we knew who you were politically, and that was kind of your thing, right? And you embraced it. But for the most part, like I didn't know, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't think that Alyssa Milano's identity was being a wacky liberal. She was just a hot piece of ass and she was on Who's the Boss and Poison Ivy 2, whatever she was in. And that was fine. And that's what we knew her for. Now everybody's identity is wrapped around COVIDs and vaccines and politics. And that's what everybody's life revolves around and that's what their identity is. But we're at a point where Rolling Stone. I mean, if, if, if there's 50 of these, the top five are a pretty big deal, right? Somehow, a guy fucking his 13-year-old cousin, and I mean, talk about blowing up his career, although Jerry Lee Lewis did bounce back after that became a country singer. But a dude fucking his 13-year-old cousin is right, just slightly above a guy saying, eh, I don't know about these COVID vaccines, and it's somehow below a dude getting stabbed. That's where we are. The world's weird, brothers and sisters. I love you.